Welcome to episode one of the Iron Dad podcast. I am your host, Stephen Graham, and this is your place for triathlon and endurance sports, training tips, race day advice, gear reviews, and more. It's a once a week podcast that I'm going to be putting out hopefully every Monday, and it's to give me an opportunity to let you know any races I did over the weekend, any races our listeners did and wanted to tell me about, and any of the long training days that triathletes have to go through on the weekends to get through their distance. If you didn't catch episode zero, uh, I'm learning all this right along with you. If you are a new triathlete, I am too. I am getting ready to do my first half Ironman in a month and a half. So I'm new to this. If you're new to this too, hopefully this is a place where we can grow together. If you are more advanced than I am or any of the other listeners, feel free to pop me a message on the homepage and let me know any tips and tricks you have or anything that I've said that might be wrong. So here's some notes from my weekend of triathlon training. Like I said, I'm a month and a half out from my first half Ironman. It'll be the Ironman 70.3 Florida in Haines City. It should be a lot of fun. It's uh, going to be iffy on whether the race is wetsuit legal, but since it's my first triathlon and I'm very new to open water swimming, even if it's not wetsuit legal, I'm not competing for any of the age group awards or anything. So I'll just, if it's not a wetsuit legal race, I'll be going off in the last wave so I can still wear my wetsuit. Anyway, uh, this weekend was a pretty heavy weekend. Eh, maybe not too heavy, but Sunday I had a heavy uh, open water swim, which was nice. But Saturday I had an hour ride uh, indoors using Zwift. And uh, we'll get more to Zwift later since this episode's mainly about indoor biking. And then I had an hour of Iron Man, half Ironman pacing run, which uh, kind of gave me about five and a half miles. I'm trying to shoot for a 1030-ish per mile time on my half marathon at the end of the half Ironman. Anyway, that takes me to Sunday. Sunday was a big day for me. It was the longest open water swim I've ever done. It was a little over 3,400 yards, so almost two miles. Um, I did it in sets, but my long set was a, a half Ironman distance, which was nice. It kind of gives me confidence going into the race. It was the first time I've done a half Ironman distance swim without kind of coming to shore and taking a break. Uh, then when I got home, I did an hour of hard biking on Zwift. Again, we'll get more of that later. So if you guys had any races this weekend or big training days you wanted to let me know and I'll put on the podcast next week, just go to the homepage of the podcast, send me a message, and let me know what you did. All right, let's dig into episode one about indoor bike training. So why indoor bike training on episode one? For me, as a stay-at-home dad who's currently bouncing his daughter up and down on his knee because she's being fussy and won't take her nap, I had to turn to indoor bike training as a necessity. I didn't have the time to spend a half hour driving to my normal training location, spending two to three hours on the bike, and then driving back. That just wasn't possible. So I had to find a way to ensure that I could still get through my half Ironman coming up and not really lose any of the progress I made on the bike the past couple months before we had our daughter. So through some research and through the athletes I follow on Instagram, I actually found that indoor bike training was their main source of training as well. And it was because it was better. It improved your power. It improved your ability to stay on the bike. It improved your speed. It, it, it improves everything a lot better than being out on the road. And as a beginner like myself, whenever I would go out on the road, even if I had a training plan for the day, it would end up just turning into me trying to get my miles in. So I wouldn't be doing intervals. I wouldn't be doing any, really any sprints. I wouldn't be like doing any simulated hill work because I live in Florida. We don't really don't have any hills, but 
I mean, you need to do those things to improve. And these apps that are con connected to your smartphone or tablet or computer that are then synced up with your bike on a smart trainer force you to do different kinds of workouts. And doing these different kinds of workouts really improves just your average ride. So the two apps that I've used so far are Trainer Road and Zwift. Now, Trainer Road was the first one I used, and to be honest, it was just because it was advertised to me on Facebook uh, once I bought my smart trainer through Amazon. And I liked it at first. There's a huge library of training programs. So if you really need specific guidance on uh, a three-month or four-month training program on how to get through your half Ironman bike or your full Ironman bike or a sprint triathlon, or you just want to try to hit a century ride, their programs in general are much more in-depth and detailed. Now, for me, when I started those programs, you're really just sitting on the trainer staring at a screen that's full of graphs. It connects to your smart trainer, it shows you your power output, and based on where you are in your workout, you have to hit a certain power or decrease your power to stay on track with the graph. That was fun at first, but to be honest, it got boring real quick. And that's when I came across Zwift. And that's what I'm going to talk about. The, I'm going to talk about Zwift the rest of the podcast. So Zwift for me is a complete game changer. And I don't see myself going away from Zwift anytime soon. For me, Zwift is like bringing a triathlon club or like a cycling club or just big group rides into your living room. Because how Zwift works is anyone else in the world that's riding at the same time you are is on your screen. So you have your own avatar on the screen that's on a bike and as you pedal uh, through your smart trainer based on your power output that's how fast you'll be going on the screen and everyone else that's currently on the app is also riding with you and you can see how fast they're going. And believe me when I first got on Zwift I was shocked how good a lot of people were uh, compared to me. I realized how bad I was <laughs> once I got on the app. but it really gives a sense of community. Now there's lots of different options when you get on Zwift. So there's um, training programs very similar to Trainer Road. So where there'd be interval training or like they have a century ride training program or the increase your FTP training program, but you're not just staring at a graph. You are actually riding through uh, one of three different cities that they have options on for Zwift. It's either their made up city of Watopia it's London or the very rare Richmond, Virginia, which only seems to pop up twice a month. But you're actually riding through a city and they break up your sprints on the screen almost like a finish line. So on the screen, it'll like flash that you need to add more power or it'll say decrease your power or increase your cadence. And you can see a finish line. And it, believe it or not, that difference from trainer road to Zwift on just that one aspect, it makes you work a lot harder and it doesn't bore you. You feel excited to do it. So there, it's also the ability to do a free ride, and a free ride is just that. It's like you went out on the road and just started riding. And it's cool because you see everyone else that's riding at the same time, and sometimes you'll link up with somebody and start like drafting off them um, and ride with them for like 10 to 20 miles. And it's really cool because you can kind of give them a thumbs up through the app. And as silly as it sounds to see a thumb pop up over your head on the, on the Zwift app, it gives you a sense of encouragement because you're with so many other people that have very similar goals as you do. And it also kind of has a social network type um, kind of platform to it where you can add friends. You can see when your friends are riding um, and you can always give them thumbs up. And it's, it's really nice. There's also group rides. 
And group rides are either just based on your average power or it can be a workout that everyone's doing together. And the very cool part about those group rides is it's all based on your current FTP. So you're basically your average power output. So if you're hitting your goals and they're hitting their goals, no matter how different your abilities are, it'll keep you in the group ride together. And it kind of gives that, I don't know, the camaraderie of, of being out and about with a real group ride, but you're at home and you don't have to really plan too far ahead to do those group rides. And really overall, the, the app has a video game type feel to it because you increase your level as you ride. So every mile you'll get like 30 experience points. And as you increase your levels, you unlock bikes and jerseys and just different things to customize your avatar. And as silly as it sounds, it's, it's really cool. So anyone who's looking to get an indoor bike training, I would recommend Zwift. Zwift, it, I think it's like $14.99 a month and you get seven days free. I don't get Zwift for free for saying this. I not, do not work for Zwift, but Zwift is amazing. So if you're looking for an indoor bike training app, I would go with Zwift. So the one unknown I have about indoor bike training is in regards to how to properly plan as my half Ironman approaches. I don't think I would actually need any outdoor rides to feel comfortable, but I have three planned. I'm going to do three brick workouts where the bikes could probably going to range from 30 to 50 miles and then the run will in, like range from five to eight miles. And it's just going to give me the feel more so of getting through a transition. I'm going to have like a run up to the bike where I, I put my shoes on, I clip into the bike, I go, I get back, I unclip, I put my running shoes on and I, I just go, go from there. I don't think any of those is absolutely necessary, but I'm going to give myself three of those days leading up to my race. And hopefully that's enough. Uh, it may or may not be. Maybe I didn't need those at all. Maybe I needed to do maybe this whole last month, have one long ride outside a week. But for me, this is kind of what I have time for right now. I have to focus a lot more on my outdoor time on open water swimming. So that's kind of what I'm focused on. I know I can get through the bike. It's how well am I going to get through the bike is going to be the big question. And we'll go from there going into my next half Ironman. There's a chance I might do another half Ironman a month after this half Ironman, or it could be later on this year. But I'll adjust my preparation from there. That's only the, that's the one small question I have about doing all of my training indoors is how do I prep real close to the race to get the feel for outdoors? So that's it for the first episode of the Iron Dad podcast. I want to thank anyone who listened to this episode and kind of listened to me ramble about for quite a bit. I'll get better at these podcasts as time goes on, but hopefully you picked up some good information or you're just entertained listening to, I don't know, whatever it is I was saying. So next time on the Iron Dad podcast for episode two, I'm going to actually focus on my run training leading up to my half marathon. And then the episode after that, it'll be swimming. So the first three episodes are just going to be all triathlon disciplines. Uh, also going to give you some race prep updates, uh, any changes that are going on in my training and if we get any questions or comments from any listener, I'll pop those in at the beginning of the next podcast. But for now, we're going to take off till next Monday and have a good week. <laughs>